This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming only on Hulu. In this episode, I sit down with Alina Tugend to talk about making mistakes. Get excited because this is Tiny Leaps, Big Changes. Welcome to another episode of Tiny Leaps, Big Changes, where I share simple strategies you can use to get more out of your life. My name is Greg Clunas, and in this episode, I'm sitting down with Alina Tugan. She is the author of a book called Better by Mistake, The Unexpected Benefits of Being Wrong. And she's also a longtime journalist who has worked in Southern California, London, Washington, D.C., Rhode Island, and New York. From 2005 to 2015, she wrote the award-winning bi-weekly shortcuts column for the New York Times business section. Her work has appeared in numerous publications, including The Times, The Atlantic, O, The Oprah Magazine, Magazine, Family Circle, and Inc. Magazine. And in 2011, Riverhead published her first book, Better by Mistake, which is what we're going to be discussing today. In today's conversation and in the next episode, which will be part two of this conversation, we are diving into the lessons learned in her first book, Better by Mistake. We're going to be looking at how mistakes can actually help us, how they move us forward. We're also going to be looking at how to mitigate the effects of mistakes, especially in situations where things are life and death, let's say like surgery or as a pilot. Uh, So this is a super good conversation on the topic of mistakes. It's one I was very excited to have because I read her book and found it so fascinating. So I know you're going to get a ton of value out of it. Now, be sure to listen to both this episode and part two, which we'll be releasing next. So definitely come back for that as well. So without further delay, let's get into my conversation with Alina Tugend, the author of Better by Mistake, The Unexpected Benefits of Being Wrong. All right. So I'm sitting down with Alina Tugend, the author of Better by Mistake, as well as a writer for a number of major publications. Uh, Alina, how are you doing today? I'm good. How about yourself? Doing wonderfully. Thank you so much for being here. I'm happy to be here. So the book that we are discussing today and what sort of... uh, put you on my radar, I guess, is called Better by Mistake, but it was actually published back in 2011. And you've done a lot of really amazing work since. Could you talk to us a little bit about what you're currently doing and uh, just sort of what your work looks like? Sure. Um, I'm writing actually now a lot about education for the New York Times and other national publications, Um, a lot on higher education, 
and K through 12, I still sometimes write about consumer behavior mm-hmm. and personal finance, but my focus has largely been on education. Okay. That makes sense. And uh, for anyone interested, I will be linking to a few of her most recent articles in the description of the episode. Uh, So tell us about the book. It's called Better by Mistake. And uh, just to sort of add a little story here, I originally, I recently moved to New Hampshire. I was living in New York City for uh, 10 years. And on my first trip to our public library, it just sort of like jumped out at me for some reason. And I'm not entirely sure why I was looking for uh, different books to read to inspire in new episodes. And this concept better by mistake, like honestly, I think it was the title that really drew me in. Where did the, the book idea come from? Like, why did you write this? Okay. So I used to write a column for the New York times that appeared every other week in the business section it was nominally on personal finance and, and consumer issues, but it was so wide ranging that it became mm. about psychological, how we, how we think about things uh, mm. broad enough. I ran for 10 years. And in one of them, I had made a m- small mistake in a New York Times column, which it really isn't a big deal, but you have to run a public correction. And I was really annoyed with myself. I mean, it wasn't my first mistake and right. not be my last mistake in journalism or in anything. But I wrote a column on why we, we, when we first learn, we're taught that we learn by making mistakes when we're in kindergarten and preschool. But sort of rapidly as, as we grow up, we're taught subliminally, both overtly and covertly, don't make mistakes. And... So I wrote this column and I used some research that I expand on in my book about the damage this does when we're so afraid of mistakes. Mm-hmm. And it just got enormous response from, from the um, breeders uh, saying they wish they'd read something like this earlier. They were passing it around their work. They were pre- reading it to their classroom. And uh, out of that grew this book. And that that's a, I find that, uh, and and this was the case with my book as well, when it sort of comes out of this previous work, at least for me, it felt the most inspired when I wrote it. Was that the same for you? Yeah. I, I mean, I think that there was so much more to say on this topic and mm. it didn't feel like I was trying to puff it up into a book. It felt like I was right. trying to tell people and, and investigate for myself things I couldn't possibly cover in a 1200 word column. So let's, uh, for, for uh, listeners who haven't picked it up yet, let's break down what the book is about in your eyes. Uh, and I actually always love to ask this with authors. What were you trying to do? And do you feel that you actually accomplished it? Um, I was trying to really understand why I think most of us, sure, there are exceptions, but most of us really hate mistakes, mm-hmm. even though we embrace quotes from people like Albert Einstein or people like Thomas Edison, who we know were geniuses in their own right, who always talk about how making mistakes is, you know, just on the road to learning or, you know, nobody's perfect or all these things. We give lip service to this stuff all the time, but we internally, most of us don't believe it. We beat ourselves up or we become very defensive or we avoid taking any kind of risks because we're afraid of making mistakes. And I want to find out where that came from, if possible, if that's particularly an American phenomena or more mm-hmm. worldwide, 
if there were differences between men and women, and what what we've learned from knowing what we've learned when we learn how making mistakes can help us become better at our jobs, at our work, at our life. And I think I did accomplish that. Yeah. And I mean, as, as, uh, having read it, I, I would definitely agree. One of the things that really jumped out at me and I think probably was the, um, the catalyst for me reaching out to see if you'd be willing to jump on the show. I had never once prior to reading this book thought about mistakes from, uh, the perspective of an industry where mistakes can be life-threatening, right? So a pilot or a surgeon or uh, any of, of these highly specialized, highly trained situations where if you screw up, somebody might die. And how those people must navigate that pressure. And that's something that your book really uh, illuminated for me. And I found that to be some of the most interesting parts. As, as you know, there's a chapter on aviation and mm-hmm. how... As you said, uh, pilots, even more than surgeons, obviously, I'm not trying to minimize what surgeons do by any means or, or what, how fatal a mistake can be, but a pilot will die if his plane crashes. So yeah. enormous amount of self-interest beyond everything else. <laughs> right. That flies straight. A surgeon's not going to die if his patient dies. Right, right. Dies. So I was very interested in learning how, how, there's both the psychological aspect of how we learn to deal with mistakes, but also just the very, uh, how do you say it? Physical or, or mechanical yeah. way we learn. Almost like procedural it. way of dealing with it. Um, so let's, let's circle back here. What exactly, and you define this very, very well in the book. Uh, what exactly is a mistake? Well, you know, it's funny. I had to, I had to relook at what, in my book, I say that it's almost as hard as defining love. We can call a mistake an accounting error. We can call a mistake, you know, like a a fatal wrongly diagnosing an illness. We we have, it's such a broad definition, but Mm -hmm. largely uh, one of the largely agreed ways of defining it is that key issues are misjudgment and adverse consequences, which were unplanned. Mm. So the main thing is unplanned, and this does not involve criminal intent. And I think that's where too often, especially politicians, talk about mistakes when they're not mistakes. There was intent behind them. So my thing is uh, a mistake is something that's unplanned and misjudgments and adverse consequences. And we judge how big a mistake is by what the consequences are. Right. So that that's generally how I would describe it. And it's, it's so interesting that uh, mistakes are so hard to define considering that there are, they are legitimately a part of everyday life. Uh, We make mistakes constantly. We have uh, slips and errors and all the different forms of mistakes in our lives all the time. But if you've never really stopped to question, well, what exactly is that? How do you communicate that to somebody? It doesn't feel like it should be so hard to to describe. Exactly. I mean, but we know that we, and you're right. We make them every day. I, I, someone has said the only way to not make mistakes is not to get out of bed. And, <laughs> you know, I think it can be everything from, you know, you get up in the morning, you're tired, you put on a blue sock and a black sock. Okay. That's harmless, but that's a mistake. Or you can back out of your driveway without noticing and hit somebody. 
That's a huge mistake, but they're both called mistakes. Yeah. And there's in, in the work, in the sort of more in the weeds, people discuss the difference between error, the words error, lapse, blunders, that sort of thing. But I use them interchangeably in my book because we don't, we don't really differentiate that so much in our minds. Right. I'd like to talk um, about the idea. One of the things that um, I thought was very useful when I was doing my research is the difference when people talk about above the line mistakes and below the line mistakes. Yes. And above the line mistakes are something that could, you know, we make it, it's, it, it can help us learn. It can help us do better. It can do nothing. It can just be a mistake and we move on or below the line mistakes are ones that are really fatal, not just maybe to a person, but to a business, they can threaten to sink the whole thing. Mm. But too often, you know, it's the difference between breaking a deck chair and sinking your ship. One is above the line, one is below the line, but yeah. the trouble with, and it's true. Not every mistake, some mistakes are horrible. Not every mistake is wonderful and to be embraced. In fact, I don't think mistakes, it's not mistakes, it's what we learn from them. But mm-hmm. the trouble in this society is we too often confuse the two. We see every mistake as horrible. So we don't, we don't differentiate and we just feel really bad and work really hard to avoid every mistake. Yeah, and especially in the uh, work environment, we tend to treat all above-the-line mistakes as though they are below the line mistakes as though if you make one tiny error in a form that the world will end. And and that over time seems like it would kill motivation. Like it's almost like treating the above the line mistakes as a major issue is in itself an below the line mistake. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. I think that we, that's right. And I think, You know, people can hear this, and I've certainly done a number of talks to business people, to parenting groups, to, you know, keynote speakers at at universities. And often, sometimes the reaction from one or two people is, well, no, we shouldn't make mistakes. Why are you advocating this? Don't we have too low expectations already in our society? And I just want to clarify, I'm not advocating people run around and make mistakes. What I'm advocating is, we examine what these things are. We look at them more deeply, like my book does, and we think about what the cost is of avoiding them. There's a difference between having high expectations of yourself, which I totally advocate, and being afraid to make any mistakes, which I don't mm-hmm. advocate. One of the things that uh, I I love about the entrepreneurial mindset, uh, it's something that it's a it's a, actually a quote that my brother introduced me to years ago. Uh, was this idea that it, for many people, entre- uh, people view entrepreneurs as taking a lot of risks. But for an entrepreneur, the way they view it is, how can I mitigate as much risk as possible? Right. So it's this idea of making mistakes that are as much above the line as possible and mitigating the below the line mistakes so that you're never taken completely out of the game. Right. Um, and the thing that I love about that and this idea of... And, and I, I would actually... Um, I would actually tell my listeners, and I, I would love to hear your opinion on this, like try that route. Because at least for me, if I don't go and try something and have something that uh, doesn't go to plan happen, 
I will never learn anything. I'll never be able to take any steps forward because I don't have all the information. Um, so I would almost say go and make a lot of mistakes so long as they aren't going to take you out of the game. Uh, would you agree with that or, or am I yeah, missing? I mean, I, I agree. I think that we accept that idea in areas like science. Mm. Everyone goes, Oh yeah, you have to experiment. Well, what's experimenting except making mistakes. Yeah. You know that you're trying something. It doesn't work. You try something else. That's how all science advances. But somehow when it comes to us, and I understand people might say, well, but what if my above the line mistake becomes a below the line mistakes and I didn't expect it, so I better avoid all mistakes. But I think in reality, there's not that thin, to use the word line, there's not that thin a line between those kind of mistakes. Most right. of us are not surgeons. Most of us are not pilots. Most of us are not going to make such a horrible mistake in any field that it's disastrous. It's just not going to happen. And yeah. what we end up doing is, as I've said before, avoiding all risks because that leads to mistakes. And I, I just, to back up a little, one of the things, of course, I looked at in my book is where did we get this idea that mistakes are bad? And it's not, it's not necessarily worldwide. I mean, you know, there's different ways people view mistakes culturally. And one of them, and I think in this society, certainly, is we've become so focused on results instead of the process that we there is no benefit to making mistakes because we don't believe they help us. All we believe is we need to get the A or get into the good college or get the good job or whatever it is we're striving for. We don't we haven't been taught because I do believe this is a society wide problem that process is important. And of course, yeah. that attitude leads not only to people being risk averse, but to cheating and to breaking the law. I mean, we saw this with the varsity blues scandal, which was about right. students getting into higher education. I mean, I, you know, I'm going down a different road. Those were not mistakes. Those were, you know, criminal acts for the most part. But what I'm saying is the whole idea was simply wanting to achieve something rather than how is the process to get there. That's it for part one of my conversation with Alina Tugend. Definitely be sure to check out the next episode where we'll continue this conversation and get into a little bit more of the details around the book. I had such a blast having this interview with Alina. So definitely, definitely make sure you catch both parts. Now, if you haven't already, be sure to click subscribe to the show wherever you are tuning in. And most importantly, if you know somebody in your life who could benefit from this conversation, let them know this is here. Let them know that this podcast is a resource for them. I'd love to be a part of their journey as well. Thank you so much for being here. I encourage you to check out Alina's website. You can find a link to that in the description. I also encourage you to pick up a copy of her book. So with all of that said, thank you so much for being here. I've been Greg Clunas. And remember that all big changes come from the tiny leaps you take every day. Every day, every day.